Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Provincial State of Mind with myself, Owen Harrison, Jeff Neville and Tom Savage. This is a podcast for us focused on all four Irish provincial sides in both the URC and European competitions, as well as the Ireland team. Discuss what happened the previous weekend, what we can expect in the upcoming games, as well as any major off-field news. So, Jeff, how was your week? Yeah, it was busy. Um, I actually did a podcast last night with Tom and we both missed you. <coughs> we both missed the entry. Did anyone do you? Any you were you were texted on. You were texted. Don't act, <laughs> don't act the victim. Don't act the victim. And like we were just like, it's weird having to do our own entry when it's the two of us. So we we've written so, a little something for you. We'd like you to read it. We're just going to record it, so we always have it then, and we don't have yeah. to do our own ever again. And just just put it into it. an AI so we can make you say literally anything. <laughs> Run some sort of deep fake. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> No, but week's been good, yeah. It's been busy. I've been um I took it upon myself, probably stupidly, to see if I could move tickets for people who didn't want them. And my I've phone, done that years ago. Never, never again. Doing, I'm never doing it again. Like oh. this is I, my I good. I heard deal. your hand I heard your handwriting wasn't very good, Jeff. My handwriting is actually lovely, but I'm never <laughs> I'm never doing it again. Like my phone has literally not been out of my hand. Like put up tickets there a few minutes. Well, I don't know, but an hour ago now. And within a minute, there were seven replies. And like, who has time for their phone to be buzzing that much? Like, it's insane. I used, I used to do that a few years ago. Never again. I might do it the odd time for somebody now. Yeah. But I, I was at the end. I was, it, it, you know, it was that first Mon- Monster versus Saracen semi-final in the Champions Cup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the end, I was moving tickets the players had yeah. to people. And organizing them to pay and then transfer the tickets. And it's like, why am I trying to be Ticketmaster here? Yeah, I'm never doing it again. I was just said I'd be nice and I'd give it a hand because there was a number of people who got on to me initially. And then I put up a tweet today, like, and I said, if you have tickets to move on, send me a message. No problem. And then underneath that, I said, please don't email me to get tickets or don't DM me to get tickets because I have no tickets. People don't read that. Literally people, about 50 people. I would like two tickets, please. I'm like, where do you think I'm pulling these fucking tickets from? Like, I don't have them to give you like. And I <laughs> I stated explicitly not to email me. <laughs> You're almost like, even if I had the tickets now, I wouldn't give them to you. <laughs> you just had to read one tweet. And you didn't. Sure, I remember before I, I had guys like they were kind of, they had a bit of a squabble over somebody not sending on the tickets in time. And your mom was getting on to me about it. Like as if I was the rep. Not, nothing to do like, with you. Man. Uh, lose this number. <laughs> I don't want to be fucking talking to you. No, other, other than that, no, it's been a good week. Uh, went to the zoo, went to the beach, um, been flat out really like, and I'm looking forward to driving to Cork now tomorrow night. Um, I suppose people will probably be listening to this on the yeah, way. So, to so Cork. maybe, maybe tonight you might say to seem like, oh, that's, are we listening to this live? Oh, yeah, I'll think. try, I'll try, I'll try that again. Try to try it again, yeah. I'm looking forward to driving to Cork today. Oh, now I'm in the now. car. <laughs> <laughs> I'm driving. I'm paying attention. Beep, beep. <laughs> hey, get up. Vroom. Sorry, that was a truck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you can tell we've only got fucking three games to talk about this week, isn't it? <laughs> Owen, how was your week? My week has been very w- busy with work. Um, 
I have been uh, whining work. and dining. Tell, tell people what work. you've been doing. Work. Whining and dining, mainly without the wine because I've been driving. But um, yeah, I've had clients over, so I have to be... Uh, Way off slugging points. Slugging yes, points. points. Going to fancy and restaurants. And eating the expensive sausage rolls in the restaurants. That's what you've been doing. Getting, getting catering in, in work where they they bring us uh, coffees and fancy pastries and things like that. Up oh, to the desks And sandwiches and, you know, properly looked after. And I can, I can I see to, you now like shouting at somebody if they brought you something and, and the coffee wasn't right. It's like I <laughs> oh, asked for a geez. I asked for a fucking light roast, you moron. Mine's a cappuccino, <laughs> you moron. <laughs> As I fling the boiling coffee at them. <laughs> Does this look like a macchiato to you, you moron? <laughs> I would love to see Owen do that. <laughs> the nicest man <laughs> in the world. Just, just throwing burning hot coffee over someone. That's what you want to see, Jeff. That's what entertains you. Hang Jeff. on. At no point did I say a burning pot of coffee, you psychopath. Did you <laughs> did you bring me a cappuccino away. after eleven a.m. in the morning, you pig? Do you think that I'm a swine or something? You Philistine. An animal? It's a breakfast What's wrong coffee. with you? Like work uh, Owen is just this like just this nightmare to deal to- with. Totally the other person. <laughs> <laughs> Did you put um, cinnamon on this on this cappuccino, you fool? <laughs> Release the hounds. <laughs> he buzzes the secretary to come in. She comes in. Can you close that door, please, on your way? I only wish I had a secretary that I could buzz to come in. <laughs> That's a little bit beyond me now. Like she comes say. in. He's just like, get out. <laughs> get out of my sight. I just did that to see if I can. <laughs> Oh my god! Yeah, psycho work Owen. I like that. Psycho work Owen. Yeah. yeah, and then but the uh, as I say the uh, the most important thing is that the uh, the clients that were over to visit me uh, as I was telling you earlier on, they're they're uh, based in Paris, so and they're right next door to La Défense Arena, so I am now planning my my trips to Paris so that I can go watch Racing ninety two, and go to the indoor disco, which I've heard is very good. Like earlier when you were saying that, I was thinking oh. You'll go to a pop concert now because they, you know, a lot of wrestling fans complain there's a lot of concerts there. And the first artist that popped into my head for pop concert was Madonna. Oh, you're you're like, you're on you're on what's, train. <laughs> what's going on here? <laughs> my God. Can we do that tonight during the episode? Can we play word association games when we get sick of talking rugby? We're like, what's yeah. the first thing you think of when you think of lamp? No, cool, cool, yeah, cool, no problem. Behind yeah, me. Move on. Um, Behind me. <laughs> that worked well. <laughs> fucking <laughs> crashed and burned there, didn't it? <laughs> lamp? It's like, what? I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to cut that out. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> no one believes that because we, you know we don't do editing on this. <laughs> While I have to go into the file? What? <laughs> what? No, this is, this is the, oh, wait, this is live. We can't edit it, can we? No, because this is you're listening to this. If you're listening to this oh, yeah. right now, we're actually we're in your car. recording this in as your, you're listening to this. We're in the boot. We're in the boot of your car. I'm in Charleville. Somebody's dum, kidnapped me. Dum, dum, dum. That's your boot. <laughs> That's... <laughs> sound effects. Um, I'm really glad I, we paid for that sound effects. This is so good. Like They're paying I, for themselves. Today, I, it was worth every penny. 10,000 euro? Well worth, worth it. Worth it. Well worth it. Today, <laughs> I did actual like you could tell i'm bone idle most days like where i'm just sitting down fucking typing on the computer and stuff we were painting the room today 
for the, where the baby's going to be sleeping. Not initially, but like eventually. And um, I was just absolutely just shit sick of it after 15 minutes. It's like, how do people whose job it is to paint do this? And it's like, I'm so fucking sick of this. <laughs> so sick of it that we were planning on doing an Ikea crib afterwards, but we're just like, nah, nah, not going to bother with that. No, whatever, whatever about the painting, I would say, I putting together large IKEA um, furniture that can test the relationship to pure breaking point. Yeah, that's something you need to do yourself. I think. Oh yeah, like is in in a locked room. Leave me alone. Yeah. When I leave, it will be complete. If it's not, I, if I, I if I don't leave, yeah, it's not done. Don't bother. I think. I think. I think if you do it as a couple. Um, and you get in, it, it becomes very much like Father Ted, you know, play the note, which note? <laughs> <laughs> it's very much that. We tried doing that before with a, with a kitchen island. Like, and eventually, like, we just had to use fucking power tools because <laughs> whatever Ikea gave us is like, this is nothing but lies in this paper. <laughs> this we got lies a, in here. We got those 17 bolts that are left over. <laughs> They're not important. <laughs> They're spare. We got our couch from Ikea and I remember we like we got a load of stuff like but I remember your man came and he was bringing these like just these flat pack boxes into the house and he said that's your couch I looked at the boxes I was like I've seen a couch before that's not a fucking couch (laughs) I was like that's not my couch and he was like that's your couch and I was like does it like I've already like fuck (laughs) (laughs) fuck And like, I don't curse that often on this show, like, but I was genuinely like, what am I meant to do with 17 boxes of a couch? But I remember then as well, he was there and he goes, um, you can make it a little fort with them. Yeah. But he, <laughs> he brought in a mattress, like, and he goes, uh, and that's your mattress. And I goes, I didn't order a mattress. And he goes, you did order a mattress. I goes, I'm telling you right now, I didn't order a mattress. He was like, well, there's your mattress. And I said, this, this is definitely not for me. Like this is for someone else. Do not give me this mattress. And he says, he looked at the name and he was like, well, it was my, we'll say it was my name. It was my wife's name, but we'll say it was mine. He was like, Jeff Neville. I was like, yeah, that's me. And he goes, so that's your mattress. And I was like, that's been labeled wrong. It's not my mattress. And he, he looked at the mattress again and he just went, Jeff Neville. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> We've established that. <laughs> it's definitely not my mattress. And he was like, put your names on it. And I was like, oh, sweet Christ above. Like, if you leave this mattress here, if you want but you'd be coming back in about four hours when you go to someone's house and you realize you brought them their mattress. This just went back and forth for ages to the point where he was just like, did you order a mattress? And I was like, oh my God, okay, I'm going to flip. I'm actually going to flip. Like, I'm such a hump that my first thoughts there were, oh yeah, free mattress. Uh, well, a little, a little bit of me was like, you can leave it there if you want. Like, I don't mind, but you're going to be back and that's going to be upstairs on a bed. You. I've had a lot of people asking about the swimming updates. Who who asked you, Tom? Who asked Tom? Um, Munster Rugby's head coach, Graham Rowntree. No way. He never asked how me and owner. That's nice. That's good. Yeah, cool. well, look, look, you don't have as compelling a story as I do with uh, learning how to swim. Okay. <laughs> you, you've learned to float. You're doing something a carrot can do. No, I, well, no what I'm doing is I, I'm after getting to the stage now where I can propel myself forward for up to around, around five to six meters. Like a wind up toy, like a wind up toy, but now I can breathe also. I can kind of go 
you're supposed to breathe out into the water when your head is down. And then when you're out of air, you put your head up right at the last second and you get your air in. And like, this is a little bit too dramatic for me, lads. On a, on a, on a Monday, I don't want to be learning that much. I don't want, like, this is very high stakes. I just wanted, like, can I just stop and stand for a bit, have a breather, and then just stick my head down and go again? <laughs> like one of those toys, like literally, you put, you put the head down and just, just keep going. <laughs> keep going till, my, till I bang my head off the wall of the fucking the side of the pool. That's how I know when to stop. Or if I run out of air and I can just stand up. So, yeah, that's where I am. Um, I am now down to the no pool noodles, the little small boards that they have. You know, those small little square oh, yes, rectangular yeah. things. I'm down to one of those now. So we're, we're really improving. Everything's going very well. My instructor is telling me that I'm top of the class. Ahead Classic of all the other room. like the other five or six year olds who are there. <laughs> Do you ever be tempted when... Let's say the way Graham Roundtree asked you at the start, like, how's the swimming going? Would you ever be tempted in that presser to give him the full answer? Like, instead of just being like, yeah, grand, literally take up about five minutes of everyone else's time being like, well, listen, Graham, yeah, today now, right? <laughs> well, like, like today, like what were we doing? I, 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 like, I would be tempted, but like, there's a lot of very serious people on there. <laughs> they wouldn't like me taking it up with my provincial state of mind gimmicks on there, brother. Like it's it like it, it it is weird though because like it's just at the start like live on on the on the the press conference I'm just like okay swimming is very important it's important that we all know raising awareness for water I, safety I am a serious journalist <laughs> I'm very serious and you can tell by how eager I am to speak about my swimming <laughs> oh my god well a big hello to Graham if he is listening um. <laughs> And feel free to ask questions about what myself and Jeff are up to, you know, not just yeah. you, Tom. Would yeah. be nice. Yeah. You know, share the love, Graham. You know, um, I suppose we better start talking about some rugby. Um, although I haven't watched an awful lot of it. I haven't done my preparations. Don't worry. Week. I've watched all of it because I am Excellent. a professional. I am a pro. I have, you know, <laughs> I am, I am fairly dialed in. I also watched all of it. By all, I mean most. And by most, you mean some. Yes. <laughs> I watched rugby, full stop. No lies there. I'm, I've got that pure rugby purist stuff now where not only have I watched all of the Ireland games at the weekend, I've also watched all the AIL. Oh. There you go. Oh, rugby, there you rugby go. Rugby hipster on us. There you have rugby hipster, rugby hipster, that's for sure. This is like, hmm, let's talk about the AIL, shall we? This is like, oh, you, oh, you didn't see it. Oh, you didn't see all the games, did you? Oh, well. Hmm. Guess that says a lot about you, doesn't it? It's a bit like some soccer fan. Yes. Well, I actually watch, you know, the, the German third division. Sorry, I was too busy watching St. Pauli at the weekend. So sorry. Yeah. Sorry, I wasn't watching. I'm a celebrity or whatever it's called. <laughs> yeah, that'll be our spin-off pod where we do the Love Island I'm a celebrity coverage. I watch I watch all them as well. You don't. Do you? Do you? Do you? I'm, I'm a, I've no use to you on that pod, I'm afraid. No, I, I can host it, but I ain't answering any questions. I'll be sitting down watching it by with all my fucking fan theories. That's for sure. Is this a new intro or is this a new record for an intro? Because it's now five past eight. No, this, this is around, this is around 20 minutes. We've done worse. Did you see what, yeah. Tig, did you see what Tig Furlong said uh, regards captaincy? 
I did. Very good. <laughs> what an absolute legend. I love him so much. Yeah, he was saying about like the, the, the stuff about the gravy was and, and his, his mam's roast and, and, and whatever. That was funny. Yeah. But yeah. when he was saying about like he said it to Andy Farrell, he was just like, do I do I just kick to the corner or what? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking brilliant. It's like if somebody made my mam captain. <laughs> I remember oh, playing, un- playing underage rugby one time. Our, like our number eight caught a ball and took the mark. And straight away after taking the mark, he was only like 15. He turned around and he goes, fuck, do I have to kick it now? <laughs> <laughs> like made this really great play, like called the mark, whatever, took all the pressure off. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> what have I done? Fresh air. <laughs> Just turn it where you're holding the pointy bits with both hands. And just draw a front on it. <laughs> That's all you have to do in that situation. Just who cares where it goes? You've got to kick it. <laughs> just do it. Oh my god! Right, we'll we'll get on then with the rugby. We'll start with the Ireland A game. Uh, the All Blacks fifteen beat Ireland A forty seven nineteen on Friday night in the RDS. Um, a fairly comprehensive defeat for Ireland. Um. Was, wasn't that many positives for them. Um, I all, I felt sorriest for Craig Casey because I haven't seen a scrum half to have to defend himself that much at breakdown time for a long, long while. <laughs> like, he was hitting enough rocks he could have been playing in the second row. Like, Yeah, I've never yeah. seen so, uh, a nine hit so many rocks like. Which is not, it was... it, it, it's not good. Like, I have my own theory here on this, right? That Ireland's pack performance in general wasn't good there were some poor individual yep. performances but as a collective it didn't work my theory is is that they were basically because of the nature of this november series right and the fact that a lot of these guys who were coming in didn't play in the emerging ireland tour um they're kind of coming in as being fringe guys nationally they were playing what are very involved roles in that Irish national side where everything is a very finely tuned machine. And you had Gavin Coombs doing a Caelan Doris impression, Nick Timoney doing a Josh van der Fleer impression, Kim Prendergast being a Peter Romani impression, and then everybody else trying to fill in those roles. And the midfield even was just kind of thrown together, but they, they actually can't look thrown together because they've got a very specific role set they've got to hit and they weren't able to do it. And they were up against a very good New Zealand side. So that's my hot take on that. So like guys were looking bad. A very good New Zealand side who were together for what, like three odd weeks as a unit. Something like that. Yeah. And these guys kind of looked like to the senior team. Like, yeah. And and they looked very thrown together. The Irish team looked very thrown together. But I mean, like I would imagine you have coaches who are, haven't been segregated like, like the all blacks have. Um, it's still Farrell and Easterby and, and those guys trying to run this A team. Their their focus was going to be on South Africa. I it imagine was. a lot. Yeah. yeah. Like the, the Ireland A guys were probably holding bags for quite a bit of the, the week anyway. And wearing colored E scrum hats pretending to be, you know, it's a better step to toward or whatever it is like. Yeah. Running roles of the opposition. like. Yeah. And like, exactly. And, and to come in, like, you're like, didn't they have 50 guys in and around up at, up at that camp for the last yeah. while? Like, there's only so many hours in the day. There's only so many reps you can get in training. There's only so many drills you can do in the scheme you're playing. So, like, of course, they looked disjointed and awkward. And guys looked like they were completely 
off role in a large in, in a large case. Like as in, I'm trying to think of like a forward who played well. And I'm thinking Jeremy Lockman did okay. And I think that's about it. And everybody else, like Tom O'Toole was okay. I think Dave Dave Heffernan thought he was okay. Everybody else after yeah. that was a kind of a different level of mediocre to poor enough. Like, like I thought Gavin Coombs didn't have a great game for me. It was a tough game to watch because even at one stage, like I think it was just after half time. So the whistle went as I was walking out of the sitting room because I was like, I'll make a quick cup of tea now as they kick off. And before I had the kettle filled, there was a try ran in and I was kind of yeah. like, oh God, like you're thinking at halftime, like just, you know, get the ball, hold on to it, put some structure, you know, whatever you can do kind of to, to stem a tide. And that was ran in and I was like, this is going to be a very long second half now. Like, it was. A, a, like, try, a try yeah. like that 40 seconds into a half sucks the life out of you. Like. Oh, that because you've got all these ideas about what you're going to do in the second half. And, they just <laughs> and it turns out just yeah. like, oh, fuck they turn around and hop <laughs> they take those plans and they hop them off a wall and you're just like cool back to like, the drawing board <laughs> very cool <laughs> this is great <laughs> how did you reckon Kieran Frawley got on because I was, well, I, was okay. very, I was very interested in, in his performance overall given um well, how vocal and obnoxious I've been about it well I I'll give my view on it he was behind a pack that got the shit kicked out of him he was behind a nine who, uh, as we said, spent most of his time trying to protect the ball instead of actually focus on on the distribution. And then Keir, poor Kieran Frawley was trying to get game time. <laughs> Effectively, they're using Ireland to give him game time because it's not happening at Leinster. And that was just the the game and his performance was symptomatic of that. Someone who is struggling to impose themselves on a game where they don't have the platform and they don't have the experience to fall back on to try and cope when you don't have that platform in front of you. And I don't think it's fair to, to give a, a sort of, you can, you can call his performance poor if you want, but it's, it's, it's not really his fault. Like if, if you, if you don't prepare the guy for that situation, that's not his fault. I I genuinely genuinely think you could have any 10 behind that platform and they would have struggled. Any 10. I, I would say this. He was, all of those things are true. I would have liked to see him kick the ball more. I felt that he didn't. Like we were running pre-planned phases at times. Like he only kicked the ball, I think it was five times total. Damien McKenzie kicked it 16 times. I know he was in the field for longer. But it felt like we were running plays and New Zealand were trying to win the game. Like they were playing a very pragmatic approach to the game. They killed us on transition, on transition yes. But I felt that I'd like to see a little bit more adaption on the fly from Frawley in that regard um but that will come with game time which well yeah like adaption on the fly like that comes from seeing those pictures and and that's the thing and knowing that yeah what can you do like yeah I mean I I would say on that like I think there's two things that come to it number one is do again do you have the experience to sort of to deal with it and see the picture of it and number two what was his instructions going out because if his instructions were look don't worry too much about the results or whatever else. We just want to run our patterns and our plays. That's what's important. And if that's the focus from the coaches, again, it's not on him. Yeah, you I mean, because I, I suppose you don't get criticized really for losing the game. I suppose you get criticized for or, or, or praised for your execution of the role you've been given by the coaching group. By the coaches, yeah. Which could be a very specific thing. 
maybe the KPIs aren't necessarily, oh, you've got to score a fucking wonder try or set up two tries or you're, or you're rubbish. Like, I think it's more to do with, like, did they just want to get minutes into that guy? I presume, yes, they did. But I, I, I personally, I, I would have liked to have seen a little bit more adaption from him in that regard. But I think that he and everybody else in that team were kind of under the pump from the, like, the, from the concept of this game even because they could not, they're almost expected to go in there and play like the Irish national side, which we've seen is a hugely cohesive unit. And that's almost impossible to do with the prep that that team would have had. So you kind of get what you prep for to an extent. And I, I think on, on that, I think you look at um, Crowley. Well, well when, when he came on, he wasn't perfect, but he seemed to fit into that style better because he'd been on the emerging tour. And he's played, he's had more experience at 10 and even playing behind a beaten up pack for Munster this season. Yeah. And like he, he, he threw that intercept, but like he's chasing the game at that point. Like Ireland were chasing points. They were looking to try and get, make the scoreboard look a little bit better. So you're trying things from your own half that you might not if it was a one point game, maybe. But yeah, it was interesting though. Like it, it is something I think that we're going to see a lot more of the discussion, I think, in the next year as the Sexton story kind of comes to its end on the playing side where minutes and experience and being used to seeing pictures, a certain amount of pictures in, um, in that role as, as, as the primary playmaker, uh, it's going to be so interesting to see how it plays out. I, I think thought, there's lots of drama coming in. I would think. I thought one guy who did very well considering um, was James Hume. Like he got murdered over and over yeah. again like he got some very late shots some very heavy follow-through tackles like um but i still felt he did well like and people might criticize this and that like he's not a 12 like when you like, no and there is not, a difference like, and and let's be honest here like you look at how he plays outside mccluskey to how he played there in that new zealand 15s game it's apples and oranges like he has a complete different role he has to take an awful lot more ball and an awful lot more shots he doesn't have the space he'd have at 13 um but i still feel he did well like and uh even in that try that frawley scored was it just before half time i think um or whenever he scored that try anyway uh he was on the receiving end of a big shot and he still got up and he was still involved in i think two or three passes before the the final offload to frawley like so i i thought he acquitted himself well enough considering the platform considering the lack of space and considering, I suppose, the attention that he got from defenders. Yeah, I think we called that last week where we said, like, you know, they literally just sort of tried to put, uh, what you call it, square pegs into a round hole in terms of the centres with yeah, human. We, we, and we need somebody to be a Bundy Aki, Robbie Henshaw style guy here. That's not Jamie Osborne. So I guess it's you. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you're the last one left. You, you do that, yeah. But like, I think that New Zealand <laughs> yeah. showed they had a very good understanding of Ireland's offensive concept. I think with the way that they were leaving in those, was that a late tackle type of tackle? Where if you're going to throw all those screen passes and all those tip-on passes, we're going to make it hurt for them. So yeah. we're gonna we're gonna commit to the tackle. And we're going to complete that tackle. And it's like, the ball's gone, but we're going to stick one on you. And that they, they seem to be shooting through Ireland's screenplays quite a bit and putting real pressure on the handling in that regard. And I thought that was very interesting. So I thought, geez, 
I wouldn't be surprised if the Springboks do a similar thing in the Ireland game on Saturday. No, they didn't. But it's interesting that that's what New Zealand took from the summer tour was that approach to Ireland's screenplay and how we were playing out of the, you know, tip on screen balls. Um, it was very interesting and it was very effective. Yeah, I, I thought, as you said, it was the, I won't call it late, late hits, but they were certainly, as you said, they were making them, they were, they were making sure that they knew someone was coming the next time. They as were well. a, a, a little tardy, they were. It was a small bit, running a what? small bit late. Um. Com- committed? <laughs> Is committed, committed the language? Committed. Yeah. committed. We were committed. Yeah. yeah. I think refs do say that. They're committed to the hit. So you and I think I think he actually yeah. did say that during during the game on the ref mic. I think. Listen, what did you Tom, think of that? I watch a lot of rugby, man. I know, I know, you, you, I know I've, the lingo. I've seen, I've seen I know like, the lingo. Committed to the tackle. This is like speaking nice, of lingo. What's the nice first reference. thing you think of when I say New Zealand? In my head, I said cloud. Yeah, that was mine. Yeah, really? Was it? Ah, <laughs> oh, friends. Man, we're doing too many too many of these podcasts, boy. Oh, and what was yours? <laughs> uh, all blacks. Oh. <laughs> for fuck's sake get off oh jesus christ like literally new zealand all blacks the new zealand yeah. all blacks come on yeah. clouds <laughs> it's not it, like it, the only way it would have been worse if you said like 15 would have been the, like that's the only way that would have been worse selection yeah. <laughs> what you think of that new fucking what do they call it that uh the swipe that guys are doing on scrum has now i love it oh the 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 uh, tackling the or targeting the arm targeting the arm yeah i love it i think i think it's <clears throat> well within the laws and if it gives you an edge over your nine then why wouldn't you do it like or over the yeah. opposition nine why wouldn't you do it like and until and like i know people are giving out about it as well but like i mean players aren't doing anything wrong here they're literally playing to the edge to give their team an advantage. And if that's your team, you're thinking to yourself, oh, lovely one. And if it's not your team, you're thinking, you're going, fuck this anyway. is cheating. Yeah. Like, it's, <laughs> like you think back, do you remember when uh, England played Italy and you had that rule where. No, what are you telling Fox? The, yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and you, you saw people going, oh, this is ridiculous. This is ridiculous. This is not in the spirit of the game. Hang on a second. Like the spirit of the game, be damned. Like, and you, you, you think about like how. And you think of some players that, you know, lost contracts or should have lost contracts or put on a pedestal because they what they did in their private lives that are still put on a pedestal because of rugby, like the spirit of the game and rugby values, like park that for a second. Fuck all that. But, yeah, but no, like seriously. But like you look at that, that um, approach by Italy and Conor O'Shea, wasn't it at the time? It was, um, yeah, Conor yeah. O'Shea. And I think was it Mike Cass, I think. Yeah, it was actually, yeah. yeah. And like, I mean well within the laws they're well within their rights to do it england didn't know how to stop it there's nothing wrong with what they're doing but people don't like it put it this way like people don't like it when a team win playing nine-man rugby or ten-man rugby oh boy like, are you going to stop it. doing that because somebody turns around and says oh you're really boring but you're winning everything yeah go away, go away although, I, I, although i think like uh, i think world rugby did that in 2008 with monster <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they were monster were literally used in the example video for world rugby as to what they didn't want to happen anymore <laughs> like all, all i'm saying is like you know pe- pe- the, the swipe in the arm thing like it's well within the laws just because you don't like it doesn't mean it's illegal and uh i if, think if, as well if with it, that if it gives your team swipe. an advantage happy days i think that it's um something that will encourage people to stay on their feet at the rock a little bit more because like if you're off your feet 
Can't play it. You, as in, like, you, you can't stop somebody. Like, if you're, like, property bound onto the, onto the rook, like, the way you're actually, you're, like, that you're supposed to, on your feet, that's with that the guy, like, that, that the opposition defender can't, you can't get into that space then because you're taking that space. Where, like, I, I see that and kind of go, like, they want teams to be safer at the breakdown by allowing this to happen. And it's weird. Like, it just seems to have sprung up all of a sudden, like, over the last couple of months. Um, it seems that it's there to partly encourage teams that if you go flying off your feet at the rock and you're essentially off your feet at the rock, they, like, the opposition will just do this and it's completely legal. I remember talking to Andy Brace about it a few months ago because I saw it in a game. Uh, he was reffing. And uh, I sent him a text afterwards and I was like, what's the story with that call there? Is that not a knock-on? He was like, he's part of his, he's, I, I, I can go back and figure out what game it's from, but it was a long time ago. And he was like, he's on his feet. He's part of the rook. He's played the arm. He's absolutely fine. If he plays the ball, it's a different story, but he's played the arm. So he's totally fine. And I was, I was mind blown. I did not know that was a, a thing, if you get me. Um, but like, it, it, you're, you're right in terms of it has sprung up. Like it, it was happening, but nowhere near as common. And even there, I, I can't remember if it was the New Zealand game or the, the South Africa game, but there was a second row anyway. I can't, I can't remember which one for Ireland anyway, literally climbing over the rock, like just walked into the rock, became part of it and in no way wanted to hit it or no way wanted to disrupt the tail or anything like that. Literally just joined it so he could just reach across and he just had his hand up. Like, I know people can't see me, but you too, but he just had his hand up just waiting just waiting just waiting i think it, it definitely was the the new zealand game. and Paranara picked up the ball and he just swiped straight away and yep. that was the that was the sole reason he was there not to in any way change any picture or anything like that just to disrupt i think it'll be out of the game by the time the summer by the time we hit may i think they'll have it legislated out of the where you can't play the nine if you're in the rock or like within a certain like position I, within the rock i think they're going to try to do that because all it'll take is one or two Six Nations games where that starts happening a lot. Like Mario Batoje, for example, would seem to me to be a guy who would be perfect for that. It's a right? great shout, yeah. And he starts doing that in, a, in, in like two or three games in a row. And all of a sudden, I think that's a problem for world rugby to fix because we're not getting attacking rugby. We're not getting the ball being played. We're just seeing scrum halves knocking the ball on a lot, an awful I, lot. Personally, I, I like seeing rock goblins in distress, but that I, I think would be out of the game by the time the summer rolls around, I think. I think and they're going to legislate it. If they got rid of that five-meter scrum as well, for, let's say, being held up, etc., like, because they want to speed up the game. Yeah. If you're just causing four more scrums through your defense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is like, we don't want this. Stop making scrums happen. <laughs> well, they'll be looking at it going, oh, no. <laughs> Yeah, that that's my hot take. I think I think it'll be out of the game. Well, that's it. You're you're either going to have more scrum. You're going to have more scrums. You're going to have more scrums, or you're going to have a situation whereby teams are going to have to put more players in to protect it, and you're going to have less less attacking play. It's just going to become ultimately like like a lot of things in rugby. It's going to end up just being more kicking. (laughs) People are just going to be like, "Why do we do this? Why?" Every everything they try to do to speed up the game just ends up in more more kicking the ball. Which I'm fine with. But I've heard other people might not like kicking as much as I do. Right. <laughs> we'll move on then and we'll move on to the uh, the game on Saturday where Ireland beat South Africa 19-16 at the Aviva. Um, a very good win 
for for Ireland. Um, it was something we we said last week that didn't really come about. Was that we thought that the Ireland pack would get beaten up up front, didn't and happen. didn't happen. They front they fronted up completely. I thought um, I was fearful around the mall, but I must say the mall defence was excellent. The way they they pinned um, South Africa in in terms of the mall. Um, did, a real, did a real good job of punishing Franz Malherbe in particular as the lifter in on that kind of you know the like mm. the wall of, of the Springbok Mall. Peter Romani on a couple of occasions did a great job just driving him out of a power position and the Springboks were a, a little shocked by it. Like because it was Ireland scored the big mall try here, like which was again a bit of a statement, like. Yeah, and I, I think that that led to the situation where like if if you look at it, let me just pull up the stat here because I had it and I thought it was really interesting. South Owen, Africa. Owen, Owen, is pre- Owen is pretending he's done homework here. When we are just I am, written, I am. written evidence that he did not do it. The stat you're looking Ireland at is just it's the final score. Like <laughs> no. I think you can see here, like at Ireland scored that 19 points. And, and Springboks um, they only had 16 by the time 16. the game was over. That was the difference in the game. The that that was like three points they lost. You know, that's just a really interesting stat there. <laughs> South Africa. South Africa went into the Irish had entries into the Irish 22 10 times and they scored four times out of that but Ireland had uh, scored four out of six chances and that to me that was the difference it was that South Africa when they they actually had a lot of the territory in possession particularly in the first half and just couldn't convert it whereas Ireland took their chances and taken away particularly what will be the probably the biggest um, weapon that they have around the mall meant that they were they were effectively toothless for a lot of for a lot of the game and I have were a, struggling I have a theory I love these theories. My theory is that Ireland started Conor Murray to play a pick your poison game where Ireland had a choice given this the Springboks picked their team on Tuesday of last week, which was very convenient. Thank you, Razzy, for that. Um, where we looked at their backfield and we saw that they had Cheslin Colby and Kurt Lorenza. And we saw their pack and we have issues with our scrum. Okay, which ended up not being a factor in this game. By going with the longer kicking game that Ireland have played over the last two years, we'll say, that would have brought Cheslin Colby, Cartley Renza, Damien Willemsa, uh, Jesse Creel, Makazoli Mapimpi into this game in a way that Ireland were not willing to live with if we kicked as long as we had done in the Six Nations, for example. So what we did was is that we changed our kicking game Instead of being long and transition, we went too short and contestable for the vast majority of the game, which we did. And what that did was is that it took away Chesney Colby and Curly Lorenzo's kick transition on first phase and instead risked more scrums because we figured that we would be able to handle the scrum easier than what we would if Chesney Colby managed to beat the first two defenders on a longer kick transition. And there was an element of a gamble there where Ireland gambled on this, where if Ireland started getting fucked up in the scrum, the plan was done. But because we didn't and didn't start conceding a rake of penalties, it worked. And I think that there was a definitely, we picked our poison and we decided that we're better off rolling the dice with the scrum than what we are kicking long to that back 
back line, we'll say. And I think that Ireland gambled and it paid off. I think I think you're yeah. right too because I mean you look at the sorry to cut across you on but you look at the first box kick at a game from Murray it ended up in three points, yeah. And then you look at wasn't there another box kick that I said I think it was Peter Steph Dutoy just completely made a balls of yeah. Rose just I was it Ringrose I think who ended up catching it and I'm playing yeah. the ball then like I mean Ireland kicked a lot in that game and they didn't play a lot between kicks they had less than like in, on average let's say they had less than two rooks before kicking an open play whereas um it was 1.7 rooks in open play before kicking a ball whereas south africa had 2.44 and even that statement of going for the line out i think new or i think ireland had three line outs in new zealand's 22 converted one whereas a big moment in the game for me and we if, if we'll probably touch on it in a minute like um, was a massive line-out turnover by James Ryan. It wasn't the turnover itself, but what actually happened after the turnover, I felt it was a massive turning point in the game. Like, I, th- I think Ireland, and again, I said that I tipped South Africa to win this game. I just didn't see the forwards performing or outperforming, I suppose, South Africa. Um, very impressed by it, though. And the physicality, the collisions, the even like, I mean, I think there was two hits on Sexton, like committed hits, to be fair, uh, to use that word again. But like, I mean, he got murdered on both of them. And he Jesse Creel. Jesse Creel uh, did one, yeah. And I think Peter Steph Detroit did it. Did, did both the of those lads did a number on him there, yeah. But like, you know, took it well, whatever. But like, really handed back the physicality. Um, Ringrose had a number of hits in that game that you're just kind of looking at going, you know, you know, like I, I, like me and Tom talked about it last night. Like Aki gets a lot of accolades for his physicality, but then you see Ringrose playing like that, and you're thinking, "Well, Christ above, that's some going." Like it, it was reflective of that that New Zealand game when he hit Jordy Barrett on the five meter line and just stopped him stone dead. So, no, I thought I thought it was a very good game. But if I was South Africa, I feel if I was a South African fan, I know they lost the game, but I mean, in my eyes, it was a hairline like there was very little in that game. Um, I think I saw something there there's a goal kicking um, Twitter account I, they used to have a really good website that they, they don't update anymore but they did a post there earlier today where like Ireland's added value in this game was off the kicking tee was like minus 0.6 South Africa were minus 3.3 they lost this game by 3 points like the goal kicking played a big part I mean, it's it's one of those things you don't like to talk about because it's such an individualistic thing, you know, where it's like you're putting all the blame on one guy's shoulders. I don't think Damien Williams had played well, by the way, but that was a factor in this game. Like, it was very close. There very, was, very close. There was two really big moments for me in the game. Um, the first one was that mall try for Ireland. I mean, six inches or a second later trying to dot that down, and it's out. It's not a try. Um so that was the first one. The second one for me was just before halftime. South Africa had a five-meter line-out. Um, Etzebet went up. James Ryan stole it. That's fine. But when he stole it, the ball went over our try line. Furlong picked it up. Now, Furlong got hit before the try line, but managed to get himself over it. Big moment. Which meant, which meant Ireland could clear. 
if he had gone down the other side of it, it's a South Africa five meter scrum and a massive attacking platform for them just before half time. Now I know the scrum held up well, but like you're like in the moment you're watching that and you're thinking to yourself, okay, Ireland managed to kick that ball away, excellent. But I don't, I don't. What I don't think people realise was like, well, if he hadn't fallen the other side of that line, it's a very different close to this half. I, I look, I, I, I think in the scrum overall, I think they held up well. I think a different ref may have given a lot of uh, a different different uh, decisions on it. I thought that there was a number of occasions, particularly in the first half where the ref was just happy to get the ball out of the scrum and get it moving again, rather than necessarily make a decision. Um, and I'm whether those decisions would have gone Ireland's way is, is maybe a different question. I think the, the other one from, you were talking there, Tom, about, you know, what would the South Africans take from this? I think they would have taken, they still, and we've said this about their URC teams, they don't have the halfbacks at URC level to command a game. They don't have that general at, at 10 it's Pollard. They're, they're, they're reliant on him at 10. He wasn't there. He didn't get them into the positions. He didn't make the goal kicks. You know, that's their big one that they'll take from it. They'll have to figure out what went wrong in terms of the mall and their attacking platform from there. But at the same time, it's three points. They start taking their points. They maybe get uh, a ref who's more interested in, in scrum decisions rather than just getting the ball back in play. That could be a very different game when it comes to the World Cup. Um, I felt also, by the way, on top of what you're saying there, if you go back to Ireland's shorter kicking game, I think a large part of that was that we are okay dealing. We we kind of accepted. We're actually okay with South Africa having phase play in and around our 10-meter line because they're so direct. It's a physical challenge rather than an intellectual challenge. So like, if you make your tackles, like there was times there where South Africa were running a pod off nine and they didn't even have a screen. Like there, there was no screen runner behind there. It was like, so like you look at your man, like I think it was Jasper Visa, I think at times, like you could tell five meters before he was making that, before they, before he hit the game line, that lad is not passing the fucking ball. <laughs> no chance. So like you could see Ireland load up with one or two man tackles and like Ireland were, were relatively comfortable. Now as comfortable as you can be, tackling these giant human beings but like that was a, a again a decision that we were happy enough to take going okay we're happy enough with you to have for you to have the ball here we're just going to just throw ourselves into these collisions try and stop you getting momentum don't give away any cheap penalties and from there we're happy enough for you to take any sort of possession here and that played into what ireland did and did well but i would agree with you on i think the scrum a different referee could have refereed the scrum a very different way. And if he does, this is a very different game. And I, I wonder if, if that played into Ireland's decision-making, as you said, Tom, around the, the tactics and the scrum half to start. If they said, look, we're more likely to get leeway at scrum time, so let's kick shorter and risk, risk the scrums and we get a, a better return rather than, tra- than the transition. But look, that's a, maybe a one for a different day. It's uh, very much a... I suppose a vindication of Farrell, his selection, his mm-hmm. tactics. Um, for nobody, where, where can, nobody can say going. shit about no. his selections. Well, now. we we can, but we can, but nobody will listen. <laughs> 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 nobody will care. But like, and it, it is what sorry. it is. Yeah, and the other thing, I, I just before when we talk about scrum and selections and and things like that, I thought Finley Bealham was excellent. 
when he came on. You know, so uh, good. Wrote his luck at times, but you have to do yeah. that. Exactly. Like I said, I, I wrote on my own thing. Like plenty teams can get a few iffy decisions in the scrum against South Africa, but they lose anyway. Um, Ireland didn't because Ireland are a very good rugby team with a lot of very good players. That's analysis I want. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you very much. Ireland also scored more points than South Africa, which at the Three end more. of the day is key. It's key. It's vital. Vital if vital. you want to win. <laughs> if you want to win. Vital. Also, 1916. Can't beat it, lads. During the, the New Zealand 15s game, I think it was like their seventh try or something like that. I just tweeted, I'm going to ignore that try because I just didn't want it to happen. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? It didn't. I was like, it didn't imagine, happen. Imagine if it was that easy. Isn't that how you treat Did matches I? anyway? It was Ulster last year, wasn't it, Jeff? You said, no, that try didn't happen. Ulster. No, it didn't happen. No, that try did happen. It didn't. It, it, it didn't, didn't happen, but it, no. it, 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 did. it did. It should have happened. <laughs> it should, should, should have happened. That was the only game in history when the team scored lesser or fewer points, but still won. Uh, yeah. It was actually really interesting how that, that's a, how that's that a, happened. That's a, table, that's a table quiz question for you. It's the only time <laughs> that's ever happened. Did I tell you what, though, like when you look at the, the way that South Africa, without necessarily playing all that well, I reckon they won't be too devastated with how with how that game played out. No. And you're missing not that, your, not that, not that Ireland played well either, but you're missing so. your let's say first two choice tens in yeah. Yantes and, and Pollard. Um again, like you said, different referee in the day. And I know you can't really say that, like, but you know, a couple of scrum decisions could have gone the other way. You look at that penalty miss from Willemse that drifted well to the right, I think. That was a beaut. Yeah. Looked like one, it looked like one I would have kissed. He caught that badly, didn't he? Um, yeah. You could even like, hear it coming off like you're just like, oh, God, yeah, not a chance. Like, I think if you're a South African fan and you're getting up in arms about losing that game, like you didn't perform incredibly well and you were still within a whisker. Like, so that, that's a huge positive. Like, uh, you saw Rezzy shithousing after the game on Twitter. The the video. Ah, look. At, at, at this point, I'm Fuck off, if he man. doesn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same. Yeah, it's like, stop. That's just like, I have been that salty, corny fucking content creator. It's kind of going, hmm, isn't this interesting when I'm fuming after a loss? I've been there. Like, I know, I know that feeling. But you're the director of rugby of the Springboks. Come on. Like, at least give that to a proxy. So that they can do it for you. Like, yeah, look, it was a penalty. Ireland's like that try was a penalty. But at the same time, if they did go back and watch it, they probably would have reversed it for the, the neck roll on Dan Sheehan for yeah. violent playing, superseding a technical foul of the ball. We moved to Fiji. We moved to That's Fiji. That's a again. very good yeah. idea, actually. I hear it's yeah. lovely this time yeah. of year. I didn't mean the game. Yeah, I meant let's go. <laughs> let's let's just go. Let's just, <laughs> let's just no go wifi. to the airport. <laughs> well, I the, the Fiji game. I saw. I only saw highlights of the Scotland Fiji game. I saw like a four or five minute clip on YouTube of the highlights of the game. I, I didn't watch it at all. I saw the only thing. Do you have getting smashed by two guys? Yeah, that's the one thing I was going to say. Is 
if if they thought that the Ireland A game against the All Blacks <laughs> was sort of committed tackles, the Fijians <laughs> were fucking murdering the Scottish lads. Yeah, lads, lads, just man. Like I wonder, like how many cliches do you reckon we can fit into this next little segment now? Given that none of us have watched the game, let's count. <laughs> let's go for it. This is gonna. This is gonna sound like a just like like a like a fucking off the ball podcast. <laughs> At the end of you the know, day, the boys done well. You know the the flying Fijians. You know, can they fly? I mean, mm-hmm. that's uh, debatable. It'd be pretty cool if they could. I'm just saying that'd be pretty scary if they could. Offloads. Oh, Offloads. I hear that they do a lot of that. I hear they offload a lot over there. Be fucking um, offloading nonstop. Seven well, style. Aren't they good at sevens? There you go. I think we're right. going to see bit of insight. Um, Lockman start. Yeah. Um, McCluskey is back, fit and starting. Yeah. Which, gonna, considering think, the way he went off, like, yeah. He looked like, yeah. He thought he'd broken his forearm. Yeah. He did, like, yeah he's that dude's out for like three months. I saw yeah. that when he was going off. This is like, bye, Stuart. <laughs> I, 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 was actually, I was actually thinking. <laughs> That's going to really fuck Ulster up. Yeah, I remember thinking the <laughs> for exact like same a day. Thing. I had like <laughs> opinions on this, and then it turns out, nice Grant. Like he's there, he's there, limping off with his fucking arm in a sling. And it's like, how are you? I'm Grant. His phone on the other hand takes them down McFarland. Don't worry, I'm fine. Right. I'm Grant. <laughs> I, I've I've got this. I'm Grant. It's a work, Dan. Don't worry. Um, yeah, I think I think we'll see. Like if he's fit, um, which it looks like he is, um, I think we'll see him back in again. Um, I well, Carberry's going to start obviously if Furlong is captain. Um, it would obviously suggest that Sexton's not starting. Um, which means I think we'll see Crowley on the bench. Love it. And I was hoping to see either Frawley or Crowley, probably Frawley when you think about it. Like, um, at the start of the, this series, I was hoping to see a new 10 start this game, but given Carberry only got three minutes there the last day. He's definitely starting this game. Question for you: Would you start Carberry now against Australia? No. Wait, do, do we want to win that game? Ooh, that, is, that is low. No, I'm just saying that because, like, low. if you look, if you look at the way that Ireland selects, Tom, that was fucking rough. <laughs> any game that Ireland want to win and that we can't afford if to lose, who if starts? Sexton yeah, Sexton. Like, and how, we might how long start did you play? Joy. Seven, 70 minutes. Yeah, we might start Joy. But like it depends on whether we whether we can afford to lose that game or not. Because like that's the way that Andy Farrell has selected it. Like if only for Johnny Sexton getting injured uh in the last game, he probably would have done the 80 minutes. You're 12 and 13. I think we might see McCluskey. human. Hmm? I think we might see human. What? What are you what, laughing what? at? Oh, Hume in. Hume in. I thought, you said, I thought you said we're going to see human. This is like, like human, fucking in, stuff. We're going to see Hume in. <laughs> As we're like, we're like, they're hardly going to play a gorilla there. <laughs> we're going to see. No, like, okay, we're going to see James Hume play. Can I make human. that more clear? Like, yeah. we're going to see like, my, myself and Tom were just looking at looking human, at like screen, I saw you were. What? I was. I was like, yeah, is there something in the news I missed? There we're going to see week. human. Is this like? Could you be a bit more specific? <laughs> Which human? <laughs> I thought. Are we playing the word association game here again? George Clooney. Um, no, like is it the like James Hume at thirteen? Yeah, with McCluskey. Yeah, with McCluskey. 
I think um, would you would you rest or actually yeah. would would you rest during Rose Day? I think you would, wouldn't you? Yeah, although, although Ireland typically haven't really rotated out a whole lot of guys yeah, on that's mass. true, that's true. I think I could be getting caught between head and heart here, to be honest with you. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to see McCluskey and Hume. I think they could. Like, I think if you were going to go with a lot of changes, but still a, a lot of inbuilt cohesion, yeah, yeah, you yeah, would go yeah, with yeah. those two lads. Yeah, that's fair. I Yeah, I, th- I think it'll be ring rows. It'll be either ring rows or Henshaw, depending on what they're doing, and probably ring rows, I'd say. Um, I don't, yeah, I just don't see them. Like, if they're... If they're making and they're they're deciding to play Tyg Furlock as captain, yeah, you know that's actually not, mad. Really, actually, no, I've only just realised that. I know he's the a, captain, and we spoke a, about it already. It's a big like, He's playing in this game. Yeah, yeah. It's a big. No, I know he ha- he. Well, the other thing is he hasn't played too many games for Leinster, so like again, you're, he's you're, a guy. You're, he's a guy who doesn't have to. Do you remember he was injured there for a long time, and he was straight back in for Ireland. Like that was his first game back. Like I wouldn't have been surprised if they started Bealham and uh, had Tom O'Toole on the bench for this game. Like, I, well, I that was half expecting sense. that. I was expecting oh, we, we we won't see Furlong now until the Australia game. Yeah. Um, back three. Do Calvin Nash will get a start? I think Keenan will. Keenan definitely will. I'd say yeah. I'd be I'd be surprised if he didn't. Is is low, can... is low fit low fit for this? No. Don't think he's he, I don't I think he's, he's I don't he's still, he's still is he in the squad group? though. Yeah. Jesus is a great podcast. We don't know who the fuck is in the team. <laughs> Who's I the think, squad? Who's playing? I think we'll see Balakoon and Keenan. Yeah. But like plus one. I don't know. I, th- who I think the, I think I think I don't, I think they may go with the same back three. And it would Nash on the bench. That would be yeah. in line with what we've seen from this 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 coaching staff so far. What about the large boys? Those second, big fellas. Second row. Second row, tall fellas. Treadwell starts tall. alongside either Byrne or Ryan, I'd say. Is or Hend- Henderson's back in, isn't he? Henderson's back in. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Jesus, I actually don't know. I think they'll go Henderson. Because this is a sellout as well. So I think, that, I think that, like... There's only so much rotation that Ireland tend to do like. So I think they'd go Henderson. I think we might see Henderson and Ryan starting this. With yeah, Treadwell on the I, bench. Treadwell doing like 55 minutes and coming on for James Ryan, maybe. I, I think Ryan Ryan and Henderson, to me, would, would make... I think they, they need to test that sort of partnership more. That, through injury and, and a lot else, they haven't really, I don't think, had that much playing time recently together. Um. And it, it seems to have been Byrne has been the, the preferred partner in there. Um, Do you think they might, they might chance Byrne in the back row for this? I would like Try to see it, but I don't, know, I, don't, I don't know whether Andy Farrell is, is, is sort of a fan of that. I would like to see Ireland do that, particularly against maybe some of the bigger the bigger packs. Try that with Byrne at six, but I'm, I'm not sure if he, he, he'd go for it. I think that we'll see Jack Conan at eight. Yeah, I was just about to say that too. Yeah. And do we have Josh Vanderfleer starting? I mean, he probably could. He's probably, like he was probably fresh as a fucking daisy the day after that game. He probably woke up and went for a run. Yeah, because he's a machine. Yeah. This guy, like fucking. I him. I prefer to see Nick Timoney giving a run at that. I don't see oh, it. Now we're talking. I I I I, I would I, I for some reason don't see that man. I think they'll go with Josh Vanderfleer to start. Jack Conan at eight, and then you might see some. You know, somebody coming in at, could at, see at Timoney six. at six either. 
does he fit that role? I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I'm not sure if we'll see a whole ton of rotation. I'd be very surprised if we see Sexton. I don't think we will. I don't obviously, we're, obviously I don't we're not now. No, obviously, no, no, no. because Curran and Furness yeah, is captain. Yeah. And Carberry's, Carberry's done quite a bit of the press conference stuff, hasn't he? And the, or at least the press, I've seen him on that. So I'd, I'd be expecting Carberry to start that. I, I, I think Ireland will piece up Fiji in this game at the set piece. I think I think this is going to be a case of structure over anything else. Like Ireland's, yeah. Ireland's just going to, it's going to be trust the process. You you you'll get it. You'll you're going to get a few committed tackles through you, etc. Um, but just deal with it. Trust the process, and the structure will win out eventually. Kind of a thing. Yeah, because again, my memory of watching the bit of the Scotland game that I saw was Scotland scoring a number of mall tries or getting good positions off that. Which I think, again, mm-hmm. if we're going to go down the cliche route, that's probably you know something to do against the Fijians. Kind of is it? I don't know, but like I think that for Ireland, we're a big lineout mall team anyway. Um, and we're, we're going to double down on that. And when the game is there to be won, that's what I think you'll see Ireland going back to. Hooker. Does she in starters, or you go with Herring, or somebody else? I think you go with. I think you go with Herring. Sheen Herring. has been yeah. has been used overused by Leinster in terms of minutes played, and I think you put, if you want Sheen to play against Australia, you rest him this week. Herring and Heffernan. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to actually give give Sheen the week off. Yeah, but like they love probably, Sheen. I can tell. I can tell. I can, you, you like is in. He's just such a fucking good player. He's so good. Like <laughs> when so you're fucking at, good. Like that charge down he had when he when he just continued to chase and footballed it over. Like the pace he showed, and I know he just barely knocked it on. Well, he still knocked it on, I suppose. But like, I know he didn't get the try. But like everything up until that point, from the charge, the line speed off the line, the charge down, the acceleration, the football and skills, he is ridiculous. Like, and I think if you're actually looking for something, Tom, on your next analysis piece when you're writing, feel free to use this. Dan Sheehan, colon, he is just very good. Full stop. That's um, actually a really interesting topic. There and just move move on to the next player. I came to the sec. I came came to the the same conclusion that he's actually. I would disagree with you. I would actually say that he's very very good. Oh, two very yeah look, extra very in there. In and, uh, sorry, sorry, sorry to interrupt, interrupt you there. Where can people find analysis like this? Well, I, you, I was guessing uh, <laughs> patreon.com forward slash the loose h. That's where I was last night. That's where I was, gracing and being just very entertaining and friendly on there. I would give a plug for Tom's, but I haven't been on that yet. So no, I can't. Actually, you know, weirdly enough, I realized Owen has been years ago. Owen has years, been on years, years, ago, yeah. years ago. Back in 2018, he has. But I'm supposed to get you on, Jefferson, and do social rugby stuff on there on patreon.com slash join slash Tier Kings. That's for another day. Not in this podcast, though. <laughs> Which I post on Patreon away. as well, by the way. Oh, so do yeah. I, yeah. 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 I put it up the night before, even though I don't know who wants to listen to a podcast at 10 o'clock at night. Um, Sickles, that's who. <laughs> <laughs> De- degener- degenerates and people. Degenerates. We love them. <laughs> are we going? We're probably all going for a Fiji win there, are we? <laughs> Three for Fiji. Sorry, sorry. sorry. I, genuinely, I, genuinely, I genuinely didn't mean to say that. I enjoyed their I was, bottled water. I was checking my phone as I said it. Sorry. 
Hello, uninformed twerp here. I love their water <laughs> and their offloads. Brilliant. Sorry, 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 sorry. Yeah. I'm going to go with a hefty, beefy Irish win. Yeah. yeah Ireland same. by about yeah. 20, 25 to 30 points. Yeah. Same. And people, people, again, people can check out check our, our analysis last week for our winning streak. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I have three, three I have, big duck eggs. I have bad news for you. What? I can't find the scores. Um, oh, brilliant! And, and, and none of us can be bothered to listen back to the scores, which is <laughs> which is unfortunate because I believe I was winning. Usually, they're on the desk beside the laptop, but last week I had to clear the desk because. I needed to, it's the spare room, so we had people staying, and so I cleared the desk, and uh, for the life of me, I can't remember. I just, re- I went to look at them there, and it's just a blank sheet of paper, and I was like, hmm. An archaeologist you, will find you, you that need now. To, you need to ring the person who was staying in your house. And Did you steal my scores? Them, <laughs> yeah, Did you rank my was, fucking scores? Did you steal my scores? Stealing, that's... That An archaeologist is going to find those in like a thousand years, and be just like, I knew Tom Savage was going to win that. But there he is, be- winning. But like, if someone was to look at it, right, it says it has Tom, Jeff, Owen. It's actually Owen, Tom, Jeff, and it has like the prison scrawl. But for some reason, like halfway down the page, the words Reese Ruddock are there because on one episode, I wanted to say something about Reese Ruddock. So I wrote Reese Ruddock and then you just moved on conversation. So I was like, oh, I guess I won't. So and like, no, just <laughs> it's just the scores. And then Reese Ruddock. The archaeologist like, would be like, no that context. Must some, that must have been some sort of deity. <laughs> like no context at all. It's just <laughs> Reese Ruddock. No we're going to a game. Like we're going that. to a we're going to a game today. I'm I'm there now. I'm in the stadium. Oh, you were there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Can you not hear <laughs> the crowd? traffic coming through? Uh, coming through Mallow. Sorry, it's just the crowd behind me. Shut oh, up, crowd. Um, oh, the traffic coming oh, through sir. Mallow was fine. Wait a minute. Traffic is never fine coming through metal. Where um, are you? I'm still in. He's where are you, road. really? <laughs> <laughs> what day is it? Monster um, versus the Sprint Bong A team. I'm really yeah. looking forward to this. Actually, did I, you see? Did you see Bristol's promotional stuff for that game? Like, is they're playing them next week? Did I didn't see, who's see on the brochure for I that. Did, I didn't see Bristol stuff, but Ellis Genge liked my tweet last night, just dropping that. Oh, in. So that was that was nice. Oh, to be fair, that's the second, or, that's at least the second, maybe third name drop that you've come up with tonight, Jeff. You know, yeah, you're gonna have well, to add some sound to that. You see, just a little clang as the name goes down. I'm genuinely sick of Tom getting all the plaudits for Graham Roundtree. So I yeah. figured if we just keep dropping names, keep fucking dropping those names, Owen and I will eventually get a mention somewhere. Like just this, I, like, like, I, I, name I don't name even drop names like, to drop. <laughs> <laughs> drop my name if you like. If you look at Bristol's promotional stuff, they've got like Sia Khaleesi and all those other stuff on the brochure. It's like lads, he won't be playing. <laughs> and like if you if you used to look at the monster the monster promotional stuff, they've got like Jack O'Donoghue on there. It's just like yeah, well he will be playing. It's a bit like going monster putting Paul O'Connell on the fucking front of it. Like it's just like he's not playing. He's retired now. They can put me on the front of it if they like. Yeah, it's a, and well, to be fair, it's it's a fair, it's not a bad Springbok A team, fairly fairly hefty. I I'd be fearful for Munster, um, especially after um the last couple of weeks and their uh, their mall, um, 
Like, I mean, who is it? Um, Thomas Detoy, Jason Jenkins, Eric Lowe. But when, um, Jason it, Jenkins is actually brothers. very good, you know. I think Munster. Are you sure? Jenkins. He's very good. Jason Jenkins is very good, yeah. Munster I, heard, very I, heard he, good. I heard he only became good during the summer, though. Yeah, I know. He had to really, really improve for some reason. Not sure what happened there, but yeah, very good. I think he's actually um, paying Leinster to be there as well. I had a, great, a great deal for them. I had a joke in my head, but it's shit. So I decided not to say it. So that's why you probably saw me just open my mouth and go, no. <laughs> Saying shit the jokes screen, has, the screen has, has never been a problem here before. Just bring it on. <laughs> We're dropping duds nonstop. <laughs> I tell you, it's a big game for uh, Ben Healy, isn't it? Huge game. Only 10 in the 23. Um, Unless you count, like, I'd like to see, put Simon Zeebo there for, for the crack. It's, it's put, probably... put Zeebs in there for 20 minutes. Rory Scannell is probably the backup ten. Well, Rory Scannell is, yeah, that's what I figured as well. But I mean, I would like, say Mr. Tony Fresh has a has a big shot of uh, running that spot as well. He did so in the Pully Duh. For a number of years, the Pully Duh. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, no, he's. I'm very excited about this game. Very excited. Big. I'm chance. not good. Sorry. Go on. No, I'm just saying. Like, no, it's I just like what I've got a re- sorry. What? Yeah. What? <laughs> oh, I, this is top class podcasting. I've just boys. got, a, I've got a very big, I've got a big buzz for this game. I'm just like, what, like, I don't know. It kind of feels like the Toulouse game, the build up to it. I don't know why. It's a nothing game, really. <laughs> I'm very excited by it. I have this idea that Monster are going to win. That's it, no problem, hands down. It's a Monster win. Chalk it off, and I'm basing that off pure and utter emotion like nothing else like who's gonna win oh monster hands monster. down who's monster. really going hands to win it's not what you asked um <laughs> I'm, I'm looking at that monster team though and it's like it's not bad at all like it's a good team yeah yeah you look at you look at the front five inexperienced yeah but like guys who are playing well i'm excited to see kieran mcdonald or what was he called um kieran Richard Robertson or whatever they fucking Indo call him the other day. It's like fucking joke. Bob McBobson or something. Bob yeah. McBob's <laughs> Scott McTartan <laughs> he used to play for Glasgow. Um, but yeah, no, like I, I'm looking at that 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 team, and I'm I like yeah, look, the Springboks are, are are big or South Africa A are big. They don't need to play with a whole lot of cohesion to play well. I think their system is built to take advantage of the fact that you're bringing in guys from all over the place who won't have a whole lot of time together. Um, they've got a lot of size. They'll have a big scrum, big mall. Um, I suppose in these games, it comes down to like club sides against uh, test sides. You're looking for the club side to be a bit more cohesive and for, yeah. that to, for that to count. And given Munster's start, I wonder how that's going to go. Like, I, I don't know whether it's pure hopium or whatever. I think Munster can win this game. I don't know. I don't know. Like, to be honest with you, I I think it's the lack of bulk in the tight five that's going to hurt them. Um, as you said, I think South Africa will play a very direct set-piece platform game. I think they have the, the team to do that um, and hurt Munster. If the likes of Ulster can do that, the size and the power that the that the Bach A team are bringing will do that. Munster are missing, 
I think key players in the second row, they're missing the halfbacks where, where you would look to have sort of, I suppose, the real leadership from the team. You're missing the likes of Casey, Murray, you're missing Crowley and Carberry. So like you're, you're down to third choice across both of those. And I think in the end, that could be where where, where it hurts Munster most. And not, not saying that Healy or Patterson are bad players, but, you know, that's that's the situation Munster are in because of international call-ups. And the start Munster have had to the season, it's an uphill struggle. If Munster could come out of this with positives to build towards December and the, um, I think it's Interpro and then the Champions Cup games, that's more what I'm looking for. I think a win is potentially just too far for them this time. There's one guy I am very, very excited to see against an opposition like that or like this, and it's John Hadnett. I yes. am thoroughly excited to see the energy he brings. Into He's going to be dug into these guys. Yeah, like like literally like there's going to be a John Hadnett shaped hole in someone by the end of this game. I fully reckon that. Like, and you look at you look at Gavin Coombs. He needs a big performance here. Yeah, and like you know, you look at Edwin Adogbo, how well he's been playing. This is one of those moments for Edwin Adogbo where he signs if, his name on it. If he performs well in front of this crowd that's going to be there with the attention that's on this game, he steps up at an entirely different level. At nineteen, in his sixth game. That alone is very exciting. Jesus. I, I think, yeah, with, with a dog ball, I think if he does well in this game, he almost pencils himself in as, as, as much as his body allows him to be at that age, to be almost a starting second row for Munster this season. And then that allows him to sort of, he does well in this game, it gets him into the Champions Cup starting team. And from there, he has a launch pad to go beyond that as quickly as as sort of it allows. Because I think, you know, he has the size that Ireland need overall for the future in terms of the second row that's badly needed there. But he also has, I suppose, bits of a game in terms of um, his jackal work, his rock work and things like that that you don't necessarily always see with someone of that size. And he could he could add something. He, even though he wasn't on the um, Emerging Ireland tour, he could really throw himself, he, it's very much an outside chance, but he could throw himself into a, a sort of a bolter for the, the Rugby World Cup squad. At least into the conversation. Yeah. Um, like, I, I don't know, Like I, I look at that team and I see a fairly well-balanced starting pack a halfback pairing that has good individual qualities, but I'd need to see them playing together to kind of see how that will work. Um, a midfield that, again, in theory, like Roy Scanlon at his best, puts Antoine Frisch into a, into a position where he can really impact this game. And if people, pe- I mean, people won't know all that much about Antoine Frisch, but from the bits I've seen of him and the bits I've heard about him, he is a fucking baller. And that's a guy who can have a huge impact this season. I was speaking to somebody in, in Munster before the season started, and they were saying this guy is a dark horse to be like the guy everybody's talking about this year. So like I'm excited to see how he goes in this game. It's just so, so much to be excited about. Like Zebo in front of this crowd, like he just produces in those big games with the big crowds. Like I'm so excited to be a part of this. Like to be at this is going to be just insane. Parky Queen, I, like a monster game. 
I'm I'm looking forward to it being in Cork. I think for Munster to do well, they need to keep the ball alive. They need to keep the ball sort of away from the South Africans as much as possible. Um, stop giving them easy access into the, the Munster half and the Munster 22 and get the, I suppose, or going back to it, I think Munster's word for this season is consistency, right? And from last season and previous seasons, they've had a consistency to beat average teams enough to get into knockouts, but never enough that consistency didn't have quality to beat the top teams. Now they're looking to change the game that will give them the ability to beat the top teams, but they don't have the consistency to play that at the moment. If they can get a bit more of that consistency over the next sort of two, three months, they have a chance. And this is another building block, but they have to get bigger patches of consistency in their attacking play to allow them to do it. There's been green shoots of it in terms of what you can see that they've created the overlaps but for whatever reasons with timing or lines being run things like that or the pass not going to hand things haven't clicked if some of those start to click and Munster can get ahead early they have a decent chance here of doing imagine the crowd if Munster score an early try in this game I think that's Munster's best and maybe only hope is to get that get that behind and get the crowd behind him and then play play a game where we've we've seen with South Africa overall, if South Africa have to cha- chase a game, they're not comfortable. They, they need to build through it. So if you can get ahead on the scoreboard and you can get ahead um, with that and you can get the crowd behind you, that makes it harder. If South Africa, if South Africa get ahead though, you're looking at a situation whereby, you know, what, what will Munster's reaction be? Are they going to go back into their shell a bit and like we'd see performances like we've seen already? Or are they going to be able to sort of face up to it and start performing? In that regard, it's a huge game for Ben Healy. He has to be the dominant guy out there and start moving Munster around and show more than what we've seen from him this year so far, to be honest. Well, we could see uh, that. Positive. Yeah, it's... And look, I've... I won't say critical, but like we we've been we've called out some of Healy's play where he he hasn't done well. But I I will say you know he has got progressively better in the games that that we have seen. There was um, I can't think of the game now um, where he, he he did actually play. I think it was his last start from Munster where he he actually played quite well. Um, he he was actually attacking the line. He was carrying the ball more. He was more of a threat. When he was when he was on the ball and in attacking play than he had been in previous games, and if he can continue that, you know, Munster, that's Munster's best hope, as you said, Tom. He he needs to be the man and provide a threat with ball in hand that the defenders just can't drift off and move out. He has to fix that defender when he's coming into the line and bringing it in to allow the space there. Um, but I do think it's a serious challenge for Munster. I think if if Munster can can take a lot of positives from this maybe come within you know 10 points with the South Africans I personally I think that'd be a good result I'm just looking forward to the atmosphere um first off I think the game I like I think it's going to be a cracker from Munster purely because of the selections they've made but also the surroundings like you know some players say like oh yeah you know, playing on the stadium, you kind of drown it out after a while, blah, blah, blah. <clears throat> Excuse me. I don't think 
there's any way to drown out a full Parky Cueve to see Munster play there like on a Thursday night against a South Africa. Like I just if if that doesn't lift you kind of to another place as a player, like you're kind of in the wrong sport, I think, a little bit. What? Like and like I and I and I know there's like the physical side of it and the tactical side of it and everything like that. But like an awful lot can be said about that emotional lift that just that brings Huge. you up like it's 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 a big thing. What I like about this game is is that given the size of the crowd and the build up and the excitement for this game, I'm looking at Ben Healy and thinking, I want you in this game to reverse what happened in Toulouse or uh, in the game against Toulouse, where you had big moments, they didn't go your way, three or three or four of them, they did, they went the other way, turn them around this week, in this game, and you get remembered forever. Like yeah. if he can do that, like they'll re- like you'll be remembered forever. Like people are still talking about Ian Nagel's performance against Australia in 2011, and even don't have a decent career. But like people, when they think about Ian Nagel, they think man of the match against Australia in 2011. Like that's what's there for these guys is that there's this an opportunity to write your name in fucking stone on Munster Rugby that you beat South Africa in Porky Cueve in front of 40 odd thousand people what an opportunity that is that does not come like this will only ever happen once this is the first time this is ever going to happen what a huge occasion for these guys like it's just going to be so that's why I'm kind of looking at it and going this is we could be witnessing something very special here now it could go the other way again of course but I just feel that these lads the, the, the scale of this moment it's such an opportunity. It's the feeling of any given Sunday about it. Like there is, yeah. there, like there actually is. I'm looking at it and kind of going, I so badly want these lads to have a fucking huge game. Yeah, I'm. I'm really looking forward to it, and we'll. Uh, well, all three of us will be there. Are there? If you're listening to it now. Yeah, um, we're actually sitting in the <laughs> sitting in the stands now. The game's actually over. We the game's now. over. <laughs> What did I miss? What, 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 oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> the fucking over there. It was on behind me this whole time. Oh, ah, damn it. I don't know why I'm turning around in my chair. No one can see me do that. <laughs> You're committing to the bits. <laughs> yeah. Method acting there all the way. <laughs> Full commitment. Rad. We'll round it up there, folks. Thank you very much for listening to our ramblings and for supporting the podcast. Please do rate and review the podcast and whatever platform you listen to as it really helps. And be sure to share the podcast on social media, um, whichever one you've transferred from Twitter to. That would be best. Hope you all have a good week and the three of us will be back next week to chat again. Yeah.